HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Let's eat in. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and this is Heritage Radio Network. Today, it's brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Check out WholeFoods.com. And uh, we're also at Roberta's Pizza, the home of Heritage Radio Network. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, lovely, sunny, sunny August uh, uh, Monday. Monday, not Sunday. Uh, That would be more... uh, poetic having the alliteration with the s but anyway um today we have a couple of guests on the show and they both happen to be cheese buyers for two of the finest cheese stores in the city um they happen to be lucy's way which is at chelsea market and brooklyn larder uh cheese shop meat shop provisions in uh in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. So thanks so much. And their names, of course, are not just, uh, you know, the names of the stores. We got Amy Thompson from Lucy's Way. Thanks so much for coming. Hey, your second time at Heritage. We got Sergio Hernandez from Brooklyn Larder. Hi, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. It's so, it's such a fun pleasure to have you guys on air. And you have, you know, so much to talk about with cheese. Every time I walk in, you know, to, to the Larder or something like that, it's just, I could talk forever and listen to you guys forever <laughs> so um one one question a couple of friends wanted me to ask you guys is what cheese would you buy for somebody else who's a cheese nerd so you're tr- you're trying to impress somebody uh you're coming over for whatever wine and cheese and you got to bring the cheese um to impress a cheese nerd if you want to bring something that's unique and outstanding exactly yeah um because i'm clueless yeah that's always a hard one i think people often ask me like what would i bring you or something uh i'm always impressed by the most classic cheeses that are just done the perfection i mean my favorite cheese of all time is parmigiano reggiano and people are often surprised to hear that but yeah parmesan is the king of cheese yeah and you can't beat a really really good piece of parmigiano in my book Um, And I think that's something you can bring somebody who's a cheese nerd. And and if they're a cheese nerd, they're going to recognize that it's outstanding Parmigiano. And they're going to say, wow, Ah. that's not the stuff from the supermarket. Cool. So it's a good gift because you could use it, you know, throughout the week for everything. Uh, What is a really good Parmigiano Reggiano then? Well, because I don't really know. Lucy's Way is a cheese shop in New York City in Chelsea Market that only has American artisan cheeses. And people ask us all the time for Parmesan, so we decided it was important to have Parmesan, even though it's made in Italy. And so we have a specific one. It's made in Parma? 
Emilia Romagna. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we have one that's aged two years that comes from one specific farm, and we cut it um, into pieces there. So we don't have it graded. We just have it by the piece in the store. Okay. So Emilia, what's it called? Emilia Romagna is the region. Oh. Uh, the, the cheese Parmigiano Reggiano gets its name from the towns of Parma and, uh, and Reggio Emilia. Reggio, Reggio, Reggio oh, okay, Emilia being gotcha. the two towns that are most dominant in the production. Uh, what we carry at Larder uh, comes from an Afinoir called Giorgio Crevero. He's a fifth generation Afinoir of nothing but Parmigiano Reggiano. Uh, and he's sourcing for us specifically from one farm in the hills right outside of Modena, which is another one of the kind of famous towns. It's famous for its balsamic vinegar. Wow. And there's lots of dairy in the hills right outside. Wow. Well, that's so cool. Have you been there? I have been to Modena, but not to the farm where my Reggiano comes from. I'm looking forward to that on my next trip to Italy. Ah, cool. That must be fun. So, Amy, uh, Lucy's Way is all about American artisanal, and it's mostly like local New York State. Is that the, the... uh, yeah, we've no. got a few from New York State, but really we have cheeses from all over the country. So um, today the cheese I brought is called Dante from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, uh, Wisconsin is very famous for milk and cow's milk, but this is a sheep's milk cheese made in the style of Manchego Ooh. from Spain. And um, it's made with sheep's milk from the Wisconsin Sheep Dairy Collective. Yeah, please. Okay, it's very hard. So um, we've got cheeses mm. from California, from Oregon, um, uh, many, many, many from Vermont, mm-hmm. upstate New York, Virginia, Georgia. Do you find this um, really fun to explore? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you do, but do you find it also a challenge to have to not sell these Parmigiano or what's another one like um, I don't know, Romano? Yeah, well, we do sell Parmesan, so we've got that going for mm. us, too. But <laughs> but the other one. I mean, like yeah, that. people definitely know their cheeses by the tr- classic right. um, European ones. So you ones. have to kind of guide so, them, too. Yeah, and people ask us all day long for specific European cheeses, and we play matchmaker. We mm. um, suggest ones that would be similar. So it's kind of like um, um, that guy who's making the cured meats and the prosciutto-like um, stuff. What's his name? Um, Herb at La Quercia in Iowa. Yeah, La Quercia. Yeah, who does the prosciutto americano and the prosciutto rosso. Yep. He's yeah. like the only guy making prosciutto in America. Is that correct? Or? Well, he's doing the only traditional and all natural without heat treatment, etc. prosciutto. But I mean, there's plenty of kind of uh, factory boar's head prosciutto kind of stuff like that. Oh, I see. But you can't really call it prosciutto, right? Or? No, traditionally, I mean, prosciutto is the Italian word for ham. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you oh, call I it see. that prosciutto yeah. di parma is a protected yeah, word. And, and Herb doesn't call his prosciutto di parma. He calls it americano because he okay. came up with his own style, etc. It's kind of unbelievable. I mean, I've, I tried that stuff and it's both at, at both of your stores and it's amazing. It's really great and you get to, you know, it's taste from the, you're the from this land it's a little different i'm sure but it's really well made and it's, it's really delicious. well made we have it on a sandwich today at lucy's way mm. and i think the challenge what you were talking about is definitely a part of the job um as at a cheese counter where you can't carry three four hundred cheeses or you can't be the large supermarket that has everything for everybody is having a staff that's educated and understands that when somebody comes in and asks for 
Manchego and uh-huh. you don't have Manchego in the right. store to steer them towards something like the Dante that we're tasting right now mm-hmm. produced in that style or if you have another Spanish cheese that isn't Manchego per se but isn't that similar style to be able to just be more hands-on one-on-one with your customers educate them walk them through the shopping experience I think I just ate the rind of the, is this rind edible totally the edible Manche- the Dante yeah. yep. why does it look like plastic though it's, it's a like food grade wax rind oh. it's not gonna hurt you but it's you know fine to eat yeah it tastes okay it's just a little you can eat the rind of pretty much any cheese as long as it's not cloth plastic or wax but even Mm, a lot of the wax ones are food grade wax yeah and you can chew on the cloth a little bit too and add it to a soup maybe (laughs) throw it in there for flavor so is there a theme for your cheeses at brooklyn larder is there any unifying, uh, or you just go for the best? I Yeah, I mean, if people ask me a lot uh, what determines uh, the cheeses we buy, and mm-hmm. I would say the, the predominant factor is taste, uh, as w- and, hand, and that goes hand-in-hand hand as to where the cheese comes from. Um, as as, uh, as you know, the European cheeses, the imported cheeses, I'm always looking to source from uh, smaller producers, not the big factory producers. Uh, the great example of that would be brie. People come into the store on a daily basis and ask me for brie, and that's the one thing that I haven't had in the store yet is French brie because I can't seem to get my hands on a really good French brie. Really? Um, then huh. the supermarkets are full of them, of the commercial mass-produced oh. French brie. So, so how come you can't find a good one? Well, just... the good ones are raw milk, which mm. makes them illegal in the United States. So, Darn. Yep. Maybe one of these days. Yep. Legalize raw milk. <laughs> so what'd you bring here? I see two ginormous little like cakes of I I'm brought I brought uh, two uh, kind of individual cheeses. Uh, both happen to be French. Uh, one is a triple cream uh, called Grand Mogul from Burgundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so triple cream meaning uh, That's really brie, fr- no? No, brie is actually a double cream cheese. <laughs> oh. So triple cream takes it a step further and enriches the cheese with Gooey. a little bit of with a little bit of uh, fresh cream. Okay. Uh, and the other one is uh, Chabichou de Poitou, which is from the uh, Opatou or Charente region of France. Uh, France, not France. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's a uh, fresh goat's milk, aged maybe 20 days or so, um, okay. and a little geotritica mold on the rind, uh, whereas the Gramagol has more of the bloomy penicillin mold on the rind. I don't think I'm going to eat that rind. Is there some, like... <laughs> is oh, there? yeah, no, the, the rind's good. Oh, totally really? edible and delicious, yeah. yeah. Do you have... To, is that, like, a sign of being a hardcore cheese nerd, is that you eat the rind? It's like, if you're not, you're just a total wuss. Not necessarily, and depending on what's I'm happening. I'm a non-rind eater. In when people are tasting wine, in particular, I recommend not eating the rind because oh. it's going to kind of it's it's got an intense concentration of all the flavors and uh-huh. all the all the uh, molds, etc. And it can be a really sharp, pungent flavor that if like, again, if you're doing it as a cheese and wine pairing, mm-hmm. it's going to blow the wine away. Is eating it on a cracker also like a no-no? Like not cool. <laughs> Not at all. Crackers okay. are cool. Because, yep. you know, some of them are too gooey or something. And they need something to cut it with. But yeah, they, yeah. Need, they need a vehicle for have transport. You, have you the guys creamy all... creamy cheese needs... Yeah. I see cracker. people plate stuff, like, with really creamy cheese without crackers sometimes. I'm like, how does this work? Anyway. Um, yeah, I think it always needs some crackers. What else can go with it? Well, I mean, to, as a vehicle. I'm a big fan of bread over crackers. Oh. Yeah, just maybe more traditional old school did you bring some bread here um i brought some crostini that we make from bread oh yeah you guys make your own house crostini that's cool so have you guys always been cheese nerds like when did you like get into it did you always know you're going to be cheese buyers experts 
Cheese, you know. I um I worked on a <laughs> I worked great. on a farm during college and I fell in love with food. And so I knew I wanted a job in the food world. And then I got a job at Murray's and I thought this is a great way to learn about food. And then I got hooked on cheese. And I've been doing cheese stuff for so good. You guys are like cheese ambassadors. Do you get to go to a lot of the farms too, Amy, or some of them? On uh, yeah, I've I've been lucky to visit um, quite a few farms in Vermont. And this Wednesday, I'm visiting Capriol Goat Dairy in Indiana, my home state. So mm. I'm gonna taste some great fresh goat cheeses and see how they make their goat cheese there in Capriol. <clears throat> but as for European cheese, that's pretty exciting to go to Europe and visit cheesemakers. Uh, I'm hoping to do that next September uh, to go to Bra uh, in Piedmont for the Slow Food Cheese Festival. Nice. Do you guys um, ever make cheese yourself, like just at home? I've yeah. made very simple cheeses. I've made ricotta, um, and that's about it, really. <laughs> I've got my hand. I've gotten too. my hands in the process of uh, cheese making at Shelburne Farms years ago in Vermont. Um, I was a cook most of my life before I got into cheese. Uh, I was living in Vermont uh, and took a job, which I thought was going to be an interim job in between cooking jobs with a distributor up in Vermont um, that works with a lot of the Vermont cheesemakers. They still do, and they also distribute imported cheese throughout northern New England. And I was like a kid in a candy store when I first walked in there. The company sells about 400 different kinds of cheese, and I just felt the need as as a cook as a food person to learn everything i could about every single cheese we sold so the job that i thought was going to be an interim job turned into a six seven year stint working in the warehouse there and eventually in sales so okay so throughout all this time your cheese expert has just been continually growing yeah i mean and there is so much to learn when you visit producers i spent a month making gubine which is a washed rind uh stinky mm. cow's milk cheese in <clears throat> southern Ireland and that was the first place I'd seen cow's milk twice a day and the cheese rooms where it's you know the cheese is aging and it smells and that particular <laughs> cheese does have a really? nice nice little process of a wash rind I have that in my store right now oh I love, love that it. one yeah. it tastes I mean and that's the thing is that now that I've visited that cheese that taste that smell has has a place and a memory and it's so it's so cool to see it at stores like brooklyn larder and you can share it with your customers and stuff yeah wow really great knowledge do people like just talk to you forever sometimes at the store trying to figure out what to get sometimes i wish customers sometimes i wish customers got a little more involved um It's but, but it's like anything. I mean, some customers do. Some, th- hey, some cu- go bug cu- Sergio at Brooklyn Larder, no. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the customer that wants that really wants to get involved. It's always funny because it's always about timing. It's always when you wish you had more time to talk to that customer. You find that customer that's really your captive audience. You're okay. like, oh, where were you when I had a little more time to chat? Oh, yeah. So it's always right in the middle of the crunch when you get that person that you want to spend a good half hour talking to, yeah. talking cheese to. And then there's always the customer that walks up and just says, I just need some cheese. <laughs> and they give you no guidelines whatsoever, but that can be a good thing as a cheesemonger, too, because then you can kind of guide them in whichever direction you want to whatever cheeses you want to turn them on to take them down that path you can try to manipulate their palate and not necessarily manipulate but but you start getting a feel for it then you just kind of have to stab blindly and say okay you if they give you no guidelines you start with something really mild and then they'll tell you i want something much sharper stronger and you work your way through that 
Very good. By the way, this triple cream is amazing. I, I'm really, really enjoying it. And you, would you describe that as funky or? It's got a, it's got a, it's got feedy? some, it's I got some feedy. feedy. No, uh, I, I, I use the term mushroomy when it comes to that. Oh. Yeah. A little bit of depth like that, uh, that you get from the cream. Woody, woodsy. Woodsy. Yep. Which is one of the reasons Earthy. they put them in those little cedar boxes. Uh, it kind of gets that flavor as well. Hmm. The, you know, the, the cheese that young and soft is like a sponge really. So. The Afi Noir, uh, Robert, uh, Robert Roser tends to put the cheeses in little boxes. Uh, they also do a Colomier, which is a lot closer to Brie, uh, that comes in a little wooden box as well. And you get yeah, some of that flavor kind of seeps through it as like it, it travels. Oh, the flavor of the wood seeps through? Yeah, the flavor of the wood seeps through as it travels. They, they see that as a better vehicle, a better mm. medium than just wrapping it tight in plastic for, you know, shipping overseas. Cheese. Mm, can be traumatic for cheese. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and have some more questions for these guys. We're going to listen to Monday Monday because it's Monday. And if you have any questions for these guys, you can also call in at 718-297. Sorry, 718-497-2128. We'll be right back. Monday morning. Okay, we're back on Let's Eat It. I'm your host, Kathy Array, and uh, this is Heritage Radio Network at Roberta's Pizza. Today's guests are Amy Thompson from Lucy's Way. You're the cheese buyer, cheese expert, cheese aficionado, um, and also Sergio Hernandez from Brooklyn Larder. Check it out, brooklynlarder.com, B-K-L-Y-N, larder.com, yes. and Lucy's Way, that's L-U-C-Y-S, and then way as in... Yeah. Way. W-H-E-Y. Yes, which is the way that separates from the curd, yes. and the curd becomes the cheese. Now, why is it called Lucy's Way, then, if the way is not the cheese? Oh, there's nothing like a pun in the food world, so, <laughs> yeah. Lucy's... This is Lucy's Way. The owner is named Lucy, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a cute name to, d- for her to start her own business <laughs> and call it her way, but have it, you know, the, the word be W-H-E-Y, like the cheese... D- I get it. I, I, no, that is really cute. But is there anything that you guys do with whey? I mean, is it, it's just like water, basically, right? So you just is, that, is there anything we do with it? Well, or uh, anybody does with whey yep, as a culture? It's often, as a uh, 
it's actually uh, one of the most um, in in Parma, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. The way from all the Parmigiano Reggiano, which of course is a lot of it, if you've ever seen a whole wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano, uh, the majority of that way gets fed the pigs, which are then turned into prosciutto di Parma. And that's kind of what separates prosciutto de Parma in Italy from a lot of the other prosciuttos. They call it prosciutto dolce, sweet prosciutto, because the milk from the the whey from all that milk is helping to fatten the pigs and sweeten the meat up. Oh, that's fascinating. Can people drink whey, too? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Not commonly done, though? And and ricotta is made from whey as well. A lot of ricottas are made from from the leftover whey. It can be curdled a second time. Oh, so you can add it to... To bring it to a boil, the milk. Or no, it's added to the milk, right? If I'm not well, mistaken. Whey, whey is added to the whole milk, exactly. And, okay. then, and then curdled. Huh. All right. I'm, I'm very confused right now. Because usually when I made ricotta, it's just bring some whole milk to a boil and then separate the curds from the whey. So you get whey from that process too, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. And and, and, and and there's different styles of ricotta too. There's de- there's ricotta. You can make ricotta from whole milk. It's one of the simplest cheeses, and and that's again um, he, a very easy one. Yeah, I've seen ricotta made with sheep's milk, and there it's wonderful from uh, Dancing You. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, how come I never see goat milk ricotta? Is that something people do? Or I think the milk might be a little too lean. I've never seen one either. I mean, usually what you get is uh, fresh chev is the simplest cheese to make. Uh, mm-hmm. From goat's milk, chev just being the word for goat cheese. Um, and it just comes out a little smoother, a little leaner, and doesn't quite... You don't get the big globules that you get uh, oh. that make ricotta. So it's... it's By lean, it's, you mean it's like kind of less rich? It's, less... It, it's lower in, in milk fat. Oh, wow. So goat's milk is fat, uh, low fat. Goat cheese, right? Compared... Less fat. Yeah, less fat. <laughs> Do you get that a lot? Do you fat. have any light cheeses in your oh, store? Yeah. We get that question <laughs> pretty often. And I say a smaller piece of cheese, less, less fat. Is there, or, or you know, um, I recommend people eating fresh cheeses like chev or ricotta or mozzarella. Fresh, mozzarella, yeah. Here's one cheese I've been seeing a lot lately um, it's uh, stracciatella. Mm-hmm. Or what's the other one that's kind of creamy in the middle? It's like mozzarella, but inside it's like oh, burrata. 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 Uh-huh. It's like a pool of milk inside the middle of. This Ideally, ball. it should be a pool of cream inside. Yes, it's yeah, really mean, hard to find that, and the whole reason for it being that what you're doing with burrata is taking a little purse made out of mozzarella curd. Mm-hmm. You literally shape it into a purse and then ladle fresh cream into it oh. and tie it off. But the inherent problem like there dumpling. is that is that the the mozzarella curd on the outside is going to start curdling the cream. So yes. if you don't have it within a few days after it was made, the inside is going to be solid cheese again too. All that cream is going to get firmer. So it's very difficult. So if you've ever still. had the treat of having fresh burrata in Italy, it's really hard to have it in the states when it's flown in from Italy because it, there's oh, no. They don't it, make it's it always going to be three we, four days. Mm-hmm. There are a couple. Yeah. Have you had the Di Stefano one? I have. We just got that in yeah. at Lucy's Way, and it's really delicious. I mm-hmm. definitely had one recently, and it was definitely a pool of cream in the middle. Yeah. It was like a poached egg, you know? Like, boom. And he actually, I understand, he actually brings in Italian cream for the, for the ladling? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I try making this myself? <laughs> You'd have to get pretty good at stretching mozzarella curd first. Oh. That's that's kind of the trick. When I watched it being done in Italy, these guys were just masters with the curd. They just stretch it and make it so pliable. And if you've ever tried your hand at stretching mozzarella, 
it it takes a little a little finesse, yeah. a little technique before you can really kind of okay. pull it and stretch it and, and work with up. it like that. You know, there's there's something <laughs> to be said for masters of the curd. So, um, but let's talk about cooking with cheese because I know you guys are both avid cooks, home cooks. And what's your favorite thing to make with cheese lately? Anything lately that you did that was awesome? Okay. Well, yesterday I sauteed summer squash, baby summer squash, and then I put them on top of fresh chev on toasted oh, sourdough. That's great. So Perfect. that was pretty good. Um, this time of year, it's really fun to use fresh cheeses with really great summer vegetables. So chev ricotta, mozzarella, or burrata with fresh garden tomatoes. Mm. Oh, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Something light, you know. And you happen to mention the stracciatella, mm-hmm. uh, which we've been using on a great pizza at Franny's recently. Yeah, Just that's where I had it. Melt, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, and that was one of the best things I've had recently is uh, they made me a pizza with stracciatella, and then right when it came out of the oven while the pizza was still sizzling and bubbling, they put slices of fresh, ripe heirloom tomatoes. Mm. So they just barely cooked from the cheese. It was, it was sublime. It was one, one of the, it's probably the best pizza that I've ever That sounds had. way better than, than, that sounds really, oh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, uh, what is stracciatella, though? It's like stretch, stretchy cheese. That's where the word comes from? The little strings in it is, strings. is where it gets. Uh, the original string cheese. To taste it and describe it to somebody who's never had it, I would describe it as a very young telegio oh. without maybe all the funk and all the stink associated mm-hmm. with telegio usually. Oh, yeah. there is but, funk but and stink. I didn't but think de- of it like But that. definitely, it's definitely got a lot more character than some of the fresher cheeses put okay. on pizza than mozzarella. I just love putting different types of cheeses on pizza. Why has it always got to be mozzarella or parmesan or romano or something like that? Um, they the have classics. a pizza here with telegio on it. Yum. Well, would you guys ever put something else very daring? Like, what about this Dante? That might be okay. Dante would be great, but it might be better, like, Shaved on top after, yeah, because it's not comes out. melty, mm-hmm. right? What about some cheddar? <laughs> cheddar Gross. on a pizza, then you know you're, you might be straying from pizza if you want to be a, a purist and a classic, a classical. About okay, it. what what is a what is a more? Then you might want to call it a flatbread. Okay, <laughs> so I'm thinking daring, but still like tastes good. Um, so maybe Italian. What's another like Italian <laughs> in between? Uh, there's Sardinian pecorinos. There's a wonderful one called Bianco Sardo or Moliterno that uh, I've used a lot. That's great. There's also a goat's milk cheese also from Sardinia um, called Pantaleo that we love to use yeah. as well. We grate up and it melts great. Or oh, that just sounds great. Like Melty that well. goat cheese. Yeah. Hmm. How about like a fresh, like maybe like spread on some, some chev at the end? No? Ricotta? I don't ricotta know. on pizza is fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's always a good. Mm-hmm. That's always a good one. All right, so um, have you guys, uh, you know, cooked at home lately for somebody special using cheese? Because we all want to hear your favorite date meal ideas with cheese. Hmm. With cheese lately, no. But one of my favorites is taking a, doing some like variations and twists on like classic French onion soups. And mm. it's never necessarily onion. I like to make a nice broth and use a lot of vegetables, which I can do in the summertime too. It just when it's too hot, I don't right. necessarily go for soups. But I love taking all kinds of vegetables, broth, chunky vegetably. And the key to it is always that floating crouton uh-huh. with awesome Gruyere and a little Parmesan that's uh-huh. just crispy, and you drop it in the soup right when you serve it. It soaks that up the broth. And, just and top it with a mound of grated cheese. 
Yep, the crouton okay. is the crouton's toasted, topped with the amount of grated cheese, then toasted again so it all melts into the crouton. Such a good idea. You soup. could even do that with chicken noodle soup. Exactly. Chicken it, it'll, it'll bread elevate, crouton soup. It'll elevate any soup, and it's oh but God. it's what you love about French onion soup. It's I, really it is. It's, it's all about the crouton and the cheese melting and dripping into it. And the French onion soup like that just sounds seems like such a treat too because it's like an individual portion. You know, it's, it's just very mm-hmm. dainty, mm-hmm. very elegant. Good idea. I'm going to make that as soon as it's not 90 degrees. How about you, Amy? Any ideas? Yeah, well, I love making pizza. I was on a pizza roll until the summer started. Now Mm -hmm. it's too hot to uh, (laughs) turn on the oven that high. But um, once a week for the springtime, I was making pizza, and it was different cheeses every time. And that's fun because it's it's a process. You make one, and then you can do another one another different way and everyone's participating so. yeah that's so funny it's the third week in a row somebody had that answer oh okay. may have a pizza party it's crazy well, it's awesome though <laughs> it wasn't pizza. fun until i mastered the dough recipe and now that it's like totally my own dough yeah what about if you pre-bake some doughs and then you have like a cold pizza party and just throw some i don't know just trying to think of an alternative here for the heat oh you can grill pizza that's true mm-hmm. that's pretty fun Yep, we were both just at an awesome party with grilled pizzas happening out front. Where was I? Mm, there was a block party in Bed-Stuy a few mm. weeks ago. At the, uh, that Bed-Stuy pizzeria place? Or no, no, in front of somebody's house. A good friend of ours in the cheese business, too. Huh, all right. Well, so, um, do you guys have any, um, any, like, fun, crazy specials going on at your stores? Or anything like a, like a, ta- like, you often have, like, a cheesemaker come and do a demo. Anything like that that you know is coming up? Um, Cheese pairing? Not until September. It's pretty quiet in the summertime. But we do sandwiches every day. We do grilled cheese sandwiches. And we also um, do picnic platters for the High Line. We're pretty lucky to be situated next to the High Line um, on 10th Avenue and 16th Street is the entrance. Um, Mm -hmm. And lots of new cheese and lots of fresh cheese i think more and more we have customers that are coming in preparing for their dinner parties and want you know they they tell you the recipe and then you have to name the cheese which is really fun i do have to mention i'm doing an event on eagle street rooftop garden on sunday september 5th and annie mentioned because i'm going to do like a book reading and like a little food pairing and Annie mentioned, oh, yeah, we could get cheese from Lucy's Way. So Yeah, you can. Okay, good. Let's do it. So well, let's figure something out. Okay. It'll be fun. So that's coming up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anything uh, fun? Again, in September is when we're going to gear up and yeah. do more t- more uh, more demos, tastings, like, et cetera. Is summer uh, right, like right a now, slow time for cheese? A little bit. But yeah. right now, you know, we're going with that and we're, we're, we're highlighting cheeses that highlight the fresh summer produce. We've got a couple different mozzarellas to highlight with the tomatoes, with the basil. Uh, right now, and we've got fresh burrata coming in every week. Uh, this weekend, people were demanding it, and then we mm-hmm. had sold out twice. Uh, but there is a fresh batch of burrata landing at Brooklyn Larder on Wednesday. Burrata! Yep. Yay! And it has been beautiful, actually. Oh, the, uh, awesome. the Leone family, which is actually a latteria in Brooklyn that makes mozzarella, mm-hmm. their family back in Italy produces burrata that they ship over every week, and it's beautiful. Oh, I got to try this. And so, as you heard, um, you got to get it within the first day or two, right? Yep. Or else it's not going to be all oozy. Yep. It'll, uh, it'll still be good by the weekend. It, it, okay. it lands literally on Wednesday and going into the weekend, but we're usually sold out of it by Saturday anyway. So get in there. Wow. Get in there and quick. then we've got the Di Stefano 
um, burrata from California that arrives on Thursday. We have some now. It's oh, delicious. Oh, perfect. Cool. So what is the best cheap cheese at your stores? The cheapest, best cheese? Because I'm a cheapskate. Well, uh, let's see. The shabby, shoe, the shabby shoe that I brought there that we tasted, the little goat's milk cheese, are perfect for grab and go for taking in the, pa- uh, they take are. In the park, etc. They're and super they're nine, cute. They're $9 a piece. Uh, really easy to grab that and a loaf of bread and take to the park. Uh, for inexpensive, uh, I'd recommend taking a slice of something of a kind of a larger wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the what's beautiful right now that's not too expensive. Um, I've got beautiful cheddar from Shelburne Farms, a tractor cheddar. I love cheddar. Um, and I've got um, the Comte, not ranging oh. in two astronomical heights, but our Comte is really carefully selected as well. And it's That's wonderful. a mild kind of cheese, yeah? Mild, buttery, but really complex on the finish. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll check that out. Any cheap cheese? Cheddar? Uh, cheddar. Yeah. We've got a wonderful cheddar from Iowa called Prairie Breeze Cheddar. I love that one. Panini yeah, we put it on our panini show. every day. Uh, oh, yeah, that's great. We served it at the Unfancy Food Show. I like that better than like more, you know, hard uh-huh. cheddars, aged ones. That was good. And then also, one of my favorites right now is a, a little brie style cheese called Waybridge from Vermont. And it's a good piece for a. Uh, is it Waybridge with like a W H E W? No, this oh. is I know confusing. There's no pun there. That's named <laughs> no, it's no named pun. after a town. He's trying to make a little narrative <laughs> Okay, Waybridge. Waybridge. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much for the tips, and I can't wait to check out the burrata and all that stuff soon. So, um, yeah, check out bklynlarder.com, lucysway.com. Thanks so much, Amy. Go bother them soon, and Sergio. And uh, we'll be back next week. I'd like to thank Jack Inslee and Matt Wiener in the control booth and Whole Foods uh, Market. We'll be back next week. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.